As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooter. Shoots, what's up, dude? Not a... Well, actually, yes, a whole lot. Um, We had an eventful week for the podcast. Had a nice little interview today that we will tease later. You don't want to tease it now. I think we're supposed to get There's so much stress and, like, pressure on, like, doing everything up front that now I'm like, I kind of want to, like, save a little bit of nuggets for later, you know, see how that goes, but... Um, yeah, no, I mean, we had a good day. We talked to a, uh, Bravo celebrity we and did. we're just trying to branch out, you know, getting the word out about the Bravo bros. We want people to come on the show to give to you guys, the listeners, because we're not really pulling any punches. You know, if your show sucks, we're going to tell you your show sucks. And there's, <laughs> there's your hint right there. Well, that's actually kind of how it happened because this certain person that came on the show today had something to say about a video that we posted mm-hmm. and, we're really glad he did because it was a wonderful interview. He's yeah. a wonderful guy, and we'll let you know who it is later. Stay tuned. And it's <laughs> going to be random as hell. <laughs> uh, you might have noticed the cough. I am battling something, and I don't know if it's allergies because I never got allergies to last year. You and don't think you have the black lung pop? It might be the black lung pop. <laughs> but no, it's just I got this like little tickle in my throat all day, and it's driving me nuts, but... I got my Phillies jersey on. We're getting close to opening day, yep. dude. We watched the World Baseball Classic the other night. I don't know if you watched. It was Japan versus the U.S. It was an awesome game. Yep. So I'm jacked up. <laughs> so I am i can't wait to get down to Citizens Bank, watch some ball games, go to some day games this year. I love it. It's so funny because like I get excited. And this is the first time that I've been excited for a Philly season. And guess what, everybody? We're talking about sports. Sports. We're back. We're back. We took baby. maybe like a month hiatus after the Eagles. Whatever happened at the end of the season, I actually forget. I forget what happened. Um, but the funny thing about like early and anybody who's on like in the Northeast or maybe even in the Pacific Northwest, you get excited for baseball to come around and you're like, all right, I got to get to a game like within the first couple of weeks. And it's so fucking cold. And yeah, like, I know, that's true. But it's so funny because like I will go to Eagles games in January and I will layer up and expect it and be there all day in the tail and like the parking lot tailgating, then go to the game and I'll be like, it was really wasn't that cold. But it's April like 15th and I refuse to put on anything more than like a light jacket. Yep. And I will complain about the cold the entire time. Yep. Well, it is so funny. As a former baseball player, I think that it's should be illegal to play the game of baseball under 65 degrees. None of the players want to be there. I'm telling you right now, when it's that cold, nobody wants to play. It hurts your hands. stinger in your hands. Yeah, it's the fucking worst. You slide and like it feels like the ground is Uh made out of concrete. Like it's just not a good time. The fans aren't having fun. It's just, let's start the season like a month later. That's what I think. Well, I feel like for the majority of teams, either they're in a dome or it is 65 or higher. Not for us. No, not for us. Not for us. As Shooter said, it was an eventful week. Um, I feel like things keep speeding up for us, which is a lot of fun. It's a lot to keep up with, but we're really enjoying it. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it because we have a ton to talk about tonight. Yeah, Um, let's go Rosie Thorny. Rosie Thorny time. So I'm going to start out 
this week because I haven't. I don't think I've gone first in a while because I've been. Uh, I've been in a mood. All right, this whole Scandal thing has yep. really fucked me up. It's okay. I know we're we're getting safe through space. it. Safe space, safe space. But my thorn. I had originally had a thorn, and I have since changed my thorn because while we were sitting here, we got like a message request, and I clicked it, and Dev sent me the picture of her with our guest. Our mm-hmm. I, I guess it's not really a secret. We put it online already. It's on Instagram. Yeah, but it's still fun. Okay, cool. So <laughs> Dev <laughs> sent me the picture that she took with this guy at an event. Um, and she sent it to me and I, she thought it'd be funny. I thought it was funny too. If I posted that picture, I was yeah. like, ah, oh, here's, here's my wife with this guy. So ask him questions. Yeah. A lot of people message us saying, wow, like Steele's wife is gorgeous. Like, tell me something I don't know. But this one person, and this always, this comment always makes me laugh. Cause it's like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. And I'll, I'll read the name. It's from Morgan Jane on Instagram. And she just goes, steal out kicking his coverage. Way to go, bud. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, you you just said it. Like, I'm sure you probably get it, too. And when I – I think I posted a picture of, like, Colleen and I when we got engaged or something. Somebody reached out to me from college, and I hadn't talked to this guy in, like, 12 years. And he goes, nice, man, out kicking your coverage. And I told Colleen, and Colleen's like, that's nice for me. That's kind of mean for you. Yeah, like, it's like – It is. But, like, at the same time, it's like – you're damn straight. Like, yeah, yeah no, you're right. right. I'm fine. You're right. Yeah, she's, she's way hotter than me, and I'm cool with that. I, yeah, fully recognize that, and I'm cool with it. <laughs> Moving on to my rose. So I, I would say it's like a rosy thorn. That's not a yeah. thorn. That's a rosy thorn. So my, my full rose comes from iTunes. We got another nice review, and it's short. It's sweet. To the point. Five stars. It says, fantastic. Chef's kiss. Five stars. No notes. That's my kind of review. Coco com teens. Wow, we're really getting into this early. You reading the names Coco wrong. Co Mountains. That's what I read. Coco Colorado Mountains. I like oh, that. Oh, I yeah, got it. Could be that. Okay, I had to work it out. I had to work it could out. Could be that. Yeah, thank you. Chef's kiss. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'll just jump right into mine. Um, I'm going to start off with my thorn. Also short and sweet. And I have no issues reading this username because it was uh, Dog Cat Owl. Or something, and I clicked on the profile, and it's like following a thousand people, zero followers. Okay, it's like all right. So I know what you do. And it just and it was about <laughs> I our, know who you are. It was about our summer house video about me complaining about the show being boring, and all it said was, "Uh, then just like don't watch it." Then question mark. Uh, I hate it's when like, people comment what the that. Fuck? Like, do you understand? And also, there's another thorn. I'm going to throw this one out here too. We got a review that just said enough of the cursing. Oh but yeah, still gave us five stars, and it's like, well, I appreciated that one only because I said, let's class it up just a little bit, guys, just a little bit, and I get that, and I feel like we've been doing a pretty good job. Like here, I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I want to address this. I want our listeners to understand it is not intentional when an f bomb is dropped or a shit or anything along those lines. I promise you, we're not going into this with the intention of saying cuss words. No. We get emphatic and we say things and. I grew up in a minor league clubhouse. My dad was a minor league manager for like my whole childhood. So your that, dad managed the pirates, which is funny because you talk like a pirate. That's right. There you go. So my dad managed Cussing the like pirates and I cuss like a sailor. So it's not intentional. I, I actually have made a conscious effort. That's that should show you how bad my mouth is. I've yeah. made a conscious effort to say less cuss words and I still say a lot, but I appreciate that she gave us five stars still. Yeah. Because it could have went south. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, my Rose, uh, this one was on Twitter after we posted that Summer House video. This comes from um, 
Kirill uh, Adke. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> thanks for the support, bro. Happy to come on your podcast and talk about your frustrations. It was from Carl Radke. He came on today. We talked about it. We're going to drop it next week. Be on the lookout Monday night, I think. Maybe Tuesday morning. Oh, my God. We're going to drop the full interview. See, I was being selfish, but I had a good play. That was really funny. It was a good rollout. It was a good rollout. So, yes, we talked to Carl today for about an hour. Just talked about all of our frustrations. He was very cool. Based on that comment, Steele and I were like, ooh, he might be a little sarcastic. Yeah. He might give us a little shit here. Crap. He might give us a little crap here. A little crap here. It will work on it. Uh, That's kind of what I appreciated about it because we we started it out and we addressed it immediately. That was the first thing that we talked about was the video, his comment. His response was great. He's like, look, I don't usually comment back. I, I just like to troll on Twitter every once in a while. And I've, I've seen you guys around. I've liked what you've been doing. So I thought I would just kind of razz you a little bit and see if you guys would comment back, if you would like give me the chance to come on the show and talk about it. So he was actually like planting a seed and it totally worked. And I'm really glad it did. I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview. I think it went extremely well. We got a lot of questions out there. We had the chance to really kind of dive into a lot of the frustrations that I think we've all been having Mm -hmm. and his answers were really good. Yeah, no, I mean pretty much. And we're going to save obviously all of the real information for uh, next week when you guys have to listen to it, which you have to listen. You have to listen to it. You jerks. Um, (laughs) We're failing miserably. I know this is brutal. Um, But no, um, it was, I mean, it was great. And look, it's not going to be the Chris Bassett video that went on for two and a half hours because it was, it was short, sweet, I think it was less than a little less than an hour, maybe yep. an hour. Yeah. And we covered everything that we wanted to cover. And we covered everything that you guys want to cover, too. Yeah, we, we, we got see, your questions in, too. And I, that's the other thing is Carl is – he just seems like he understands what is going on with the show currently and how people feel about watching the show. Like, he definitely read the comments. I was reading through the comments. People supported us. They supported, you know, our opinion on what the show is and how boring it is. And he hears them, and he says, look, like, one – you know, the rest of the season is going to be better. He did say that we're only six so episodes. That's it. Uh, and two, like he understands the frustrations. So it was very real. It was cool. It was very cool to hear his perspective on things. Yes. Both, you know, inside production as well as kind of like where his mindset is throughout the season and how his relationships are going. So be on the lookout for that one because that was a lot of fun for us to do. And Carl is now one of the bros. Yep. We got an official new Brav bro on the yep. team. And you can find that interview. I am going to drop it immediately after Summerhouse yep. on Monday night. So you can listen to it as soon as you watch the episode. You can either dive in or save it for the morning. Maybe the morning commute to work. Unless it's you nice... work from home, then you can just take the morning commute to your toilet post coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say coffee too, but that's good. Yeah. Now you got to put the two together. That's how you start the day. There you go. Let's get into the news now. Uh, we're going to keep it short so we can get to the shows. I think the first thing and the most important thing, everybody's talking about it, Rachel, a.k.a. Raquel. Oh, can we talk about that real quick? Do we have to? Yeah. Just sure. how many people got upset at the fact that we're calling her Rachel and then yeah, claiming we definitely. didn't call Lala Lauren. No, we did call Lala Lauren. Lauren, by the way, is a mainstay on the show now. I will use Lauren from here on out after her performance in this most recent episode just because Rachel did what she did, doesn't excuse Lauren for being an asshole the whole time. And those are the people that don't listen to the show, too, which you said something earlier about, like, oh, people saw something on Instagram. How many people did we have on Instagram that were like, I don't understand, like, who these guys are? Yeah, or like, like, listen to the show. You'll Just figure it out, to get to know us, and maybe you'll like us. But yeah, no, we use government names now 
for people we don't like. Yep, I like this. I like this trend, and I like that people get upset about it because who the fuck cares? Yeah. But seriously. anyway, Rachel and Sheena will both be at the reunion. We're getting a full cast in person, which I think is one going to be great TV, but two. I need to know how this is going to work. I need to know the setup. Like, are they going to have Rachel behind? Like, I'm imagining they're going to have proof glass, like a penalty box, like a hockey penalty box. That right, that's funny you say that because I was imagining like an X-ray technician behind like three inches of glass, or like, like the Pope. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to drive yeah, around po- oh, a little Pope mobile. mobile. That'd be great, little Rachel mobile. But and I did see like they're working out the logistics, whether that means that. Because I think the restraining order was originally like a thousand feet or something. So obviously that's not really going to work. And if they try to do some like phone in, but you're still in the studio or whatever, just figure it out and do the best that you can. At least we can have them interact. You know what I mean? And I don't want that like that Diana zooming in bullshit where she says that she's sick. At least have her like there and like full glam and like talking to other people. Because you know what we're going to get? And we see it with Miami the behind the scenes, like when they're with their glam team and getting, you know, their makeup redone or whatever, you see them kind of commingling and talking. Yeah. You're not going to see Rachel and Sheena talk, mm-hmm. but you'll see Rachel maybe interact with whoever's still on her side. I just can't imagine There's who nobody. is. Except Sandoval. You might see her with Sandoval, though. Holy like, shit. What if they stick them both on a love seat? Oh, God. Please, Andy. That would be hilarious. Set the world on fire. <laughs> God, that would be hilarious. But that's, I mean, that's going to be great. And I'm I'm glad that they're at least figuring it out and not just doing like a special third part with a one-on-one with Andy and Raquel. It's like, no, nobody wants to we're see that. We're sick like, of the one-on-ones. One-on-ones are dumb and they're played out. They were never, they should have never been played to begin with. They were never played, played in. Out. No. Yeah. Never played in, always played out. The next thing um, is much happier news, and that is Martina Navratilova, cancer-free. Not only did she beat breast cancer, she also beat throat cancer. Yep. So, 2-0. 2-0, no surprise. She was a fucking legend back on the tennis. She still is. Like, I absolutely love their relationship. I love seeing Martina on the screen. I think she's wonderful. I think that her and Julia have, like, flourished after... Like, you know what I really liked about their storyline this year? What's that? There was actual, like, a character arc. Like, Julia had, in the beginning, you know, she was a mess because she was an empty nester, and she had all these things that she needed to address. Martina wanted her to change some things. They work together. They come together. They have that beautiful dinner. Like, you see this actual growth out of a character on the show, and you don't get that very often. No, I mean, we... We complain about the people who just don't have personal storylines. Right. And here you have maybe the most personal storyline with kind of developing a relationship after your kids move out and you have to focus on, you know, what makes your partner happy mm-hmm. rather than just what makes you happy or looking at your family as a whole. Like, no, you still have to make sure that the romance is still there and everything. And like we watch them go through it and we watch Julia realize that and we watched Martina kind of fight to stay in it. And now obviously this happens and now she beats it like Watching Julia on the reunion, she talks about Martina with so much love now. And maybe in the beginning of this season specifically, it wasn't really there. She was always talking about her kids and like her, yeah. she was sad that her kids were moving out. And like, now I have to be with Martina. It's like, no, now you're happy that Martina's here. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's cool to see that because we don't get to see many real storylines like that. So that one really played out nicely. I agree. So I'm, I'm stoked. Congratulations, Martina. The bros are always on your side. We're rooting for you. All the way, but 
<laughs> that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> That takes us to Vanderpump, and I'm not going to lie to you, dude. My whole entire life has been consumed by this show. I hear it at work. I hear it when I come home. It's on TV. Anytime I open any social media, it's all, even on like my personal Instagram, it still pops up because it's so captivating and people are still talking about it. Yeah. Like, I can't get away from the show. And previously, I would have been stoked about that because I love Vanderpump. But now, like I, when I said last week I needed a vacation... Like I genuinely just need like, I need like a weekend. Yeah. Just no screens. That's really funny because we actually, and here's another plug for you. We were on the Kate Casey show. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kate was great. And Kate was talking to us about specifically how much of your social media is now consumed by Bravo or just reality TV. And if you had asked us maybe two, three weeks ago, it would have been like, you know, on our personals, not a whole lot. No. Because we do like bounce between the actual Rob Bros social medias, whatever we're doing, to get our information and keep track of things that are going on. And obviously that's it's good. But now it's crazy. And so many people that I didn't know watched Vanderpump at all were tweeting about it, were posting stories about it on Instagram on my personal side. And you're right, like it's it's inescapable. It's crazy. It's I had a client at the gym. And he doesn't watch any realities. He barely watches TV. And he walked into the gym, and I shit you not, the first thing he says, he's like, all right, man, you got to get me up to speed on Scandaval, question mark. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> How much time do you have? Yeah. Sit down, buddy. We're not working out today. <laughs> We're going to talk. But let's dive right into it. So we get the tail end of boys' night, and I got to give James props here. He texts Allie immediately. He's like, hey, Raquel just crashed. And she goes, then leave. Yep. And he kind of sits there for a little bit, kind of feeling it out. And he does, in fact, get up and go. And we see moments later, like he's at Sir and Raquel, Rachel, like yanks him aside and says, hey, I noticed you left. Like, I just want to make sure everything's OK. One, not your place. Yep. You are no longer together. And two, he did a great job there, too. He was very, very professional about it. He was nice, but not too nice. He was just getting the points out and being kind of like, all right, get away. Like, this is inappropriate. And I, even when she yanked him aside, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you checking in with this man? He's no longer your problem. No, and, and it was crazy to see, like, if you've listened to our previous episodes, just me talking about James and getting into, like, who he is. Watching him now, I'm like, good for James. Like, that's a great move. He's not, like, calling Allie crying or, or Allie's calling him and, like, you got to leave. You got to leave. Like, he immediately feels uncomfortable. Yep. And he, and he's, and he has a really good point. Like, this was supposed to be boys night like the girls are having their fun somewhere else not really Let's, but yeah they're not that was not fun <laughs> no fun was to be had up there god i i don't want to get to that but no, we're whatever. getting there um and now you're going out with your boys to go celebrate or i guess now celebrate schwartz's divorce which is still so weird to me celebrating divorce but they're going out to just kind of like blow off some steam have some fun not think about like personal issues that are going on and then his ex shows up yep and like what do you want him to do and the fact that he immediately tells somebody who he thinks he's comfortable with, Schwartz, like, hey, man, like, I thought it was supposed to be boys night. Like, I'm I can't be here. Raquel's here. And Schwartz is like, oh, man, like, really? Like, you got to like, yeah, like, understand that. Like, you were supposed to just go out with the guys and not have to deal with this shit. And now his ex walks through the door completely uninvited. So we think we probably think that Sandoval's texting Raquel being like, oh, yeah, you should come out and hang out with us. And here he is, and he's like, I, I got to go. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And I wanted to see, and like, maybe he did get props, but I wanted to see Allie the next day or in her confessional just be like, look, like that was big of James because 
I couldn't see James doing that. Like I could see James getting in a screaming match with Raquel in front of everybody, but I couldn't see him just quietly getting up and being like, this isn't for me and leaving. Yeah, no, it was a very mature move out of him. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen, you know, let's not give him too much grace here. He's still is James Kennedy. Right. But to see growth is, is impressive. And especially given his past, the fact that he can get up and just excuse himself. Tip of the cap, sir. Tip of the cap. But, we're getting to it now, buddy. And I wrote in my notes, number two, sad Havasu house. <laughs> but that's not specifically the part. No, I, and no, you're, no. you don't even know what it is. I think I know. All right. I'm pretty sure I know. But let's get to it. I'm going to, before I say anything about it, I'm going to give you a thumbs up. And that's when I think you're going to be not happy. All right. Okay. So we have a suitor coming over for Lala. Finally, Lala is going to get laid. And look. We may feel a certain way about Lauren. We may have our issues with her. We're not here telling anybody not to go have some fun, not to like get out there, whatever you need to do. It's been a long time. Your last one was Randall. You deserve it. Sure. No problem. Here's my thumbs up, buddy, because I know exactly what your problem is. This man sits on the couch and talks dirty to Lala in front of everybody. Oh, I have a problem with that, but that's not my problem. Okay. Okay, well, can we talk about that? Because what the hell? I, I was so uncomfortable watching this man sit there and talk about the honey dripping out of his comb in his ear, referencing other things. Mm-hmm. And look, can we have a little bit of class in front of everybody? My problem with, and this isn't my specific my, my problem that I'm referencing, but he walks in and it's just the three of them, right? And Christina Kelly goes over and gives him a hug. Oh. And they're talking, and then it's just three of them sitting on a couch with this guy that Lala Lauren just met tonight, and they're just hanging out, and then and then he's doing that. Like this girl's trip is awful. It's a disaster. It's disgusting. It's a disaster. And, and he makes a joke right away and says, I have to wash the BJs off. Yeah. Of <laughs> what this is the guy that we pick? Like, else, I honestly had no idea who's gonna walk through that door. Like this is Pawn Stars. That was that was the um the bucket hat guy. Oh, so he should have kept the bucket hat he on. Should have kept his, the, hair his haircut like was insane. But my whole thing with it was like, and I'm assuming it was a production thing. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to chill down here and like chat with these ladies before you go do your business. Mm-hmm. But like, why? Like, Lala, take this man. You know what he's there for. Like, go upstairs, do your business. Like, that's why you called him. That's why you texted him to come over. Like, go handle your shit. And, like, I don't want to see this interaction where this dude is creepily saying this. However, I got to give him props. And if this is what you're upset with, I'm going to laugh even harder. When he says, don't get nervous when you're about to be serviced. I was like, wow, that was a good line. That was a good line. That's not my problem. Do you know what his name is? The Don. The Don. I thought it was La Don. No. It's The Don? The Don. That's your problem. That's my problem. problem. I think his name's Don. Oh, she calls him. I think she calls him The Don. I'm pretty sure his name is Don. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because I heard him say Don, and I heard other people say Don, and then I heard Lauren say The Don. So she just. Multiple times. But she says it so casually. Mm -hmm. That's why I thought it was La Don. I don't think so. The do- oh, boo! Oh, I would have been livid. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I didn't catch that because I had to then sit I don't there. Even, this is the other thing with this. I don't even care if I'm wrong. That guy was disgusting. He was just, he's the kind of guy you'd pick up. He's the guy that would call himself the Don. He's the kind of guy you would pick up in, in Lake Havasu in Arizona in at a, place a bar called, called BJ's. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly the type. But look, she has herself some fun. 
I didn't need to hear it in that kind of detail. No. Like, don't come downstairs and say I had to sleep on the floor because the sheets were so wet. Just come down and say, even if you want to be, like, kind of vulgar about it, like, yeah, he dicked me down pretty good. High five, ladies. Like, that would be different. You t- <laughs> you were slightly ahead of me because I uh, was FaceTiming Poppy when the episode started, so I started a little bit late. We recorded mm-hmm. it. So you texted me, if you back up this fucking tarot or this card thing, uh, like something along those lines, and I hadn't seen it yet. As soon as I got to the scene, look, we've talked about it before. We've gotten into the signs, the astrology, all of that stuff, okay? And it is people like Allie that make it difficult for people like us to take this shit seriously. Yeah. Okay? Don't sit there. If you want to say that you're a Pisces or you're an Aries or a Virgo or whatever and that you feel a certain way of some kind of connection to your sign, fine. I'm not going to sit here and debate it. I don't really care. If that's how you feel, great. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But if you sit there and tell me that James is in the 15th moon of the second Sunday of an Aquarius moon spirit and you're in the hidden house behind the hen house, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't believe you. It makes you sound silly. And then I have to sit there and watch this man flip a deck of cards and tell us how much in love you guys are yeah. and how perfect you guys are for each other. And Twin Flame comes up, and James Kennedy hasn't heard that until recently. It turns out, why? Because fucking Machine Gun Kelly and Me- Megan Fox have coined this term. So everybody's saying it. It's the most popular term around at the time because those two were so polarizing and nobody could get enough of them. So no, it's not like, holy shit, this is so unique. We're twin flame, babe. Let me touch your hair one more fucking think, time and kiss your fucking cheek. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was tough to watch him do that, but I honestly think that he was very uncomfortable being there and dealing with all of that going on in front of him and he didn't care. Like he was bored. Oh, and I no. think that's what he was. I think he is honestly like when I think of James Kennedy and like the way he shows affection like that, mm-hmm. I think of like a four year old who's bored at the supermarket and will just like start climbing on. Him. <laughs> really you know what I mean? Like he's bored as shit. Like he doesn't care about any of this. None of this means anything. Like he tried to show a little bit of interest and gets machine gun fucking Kelly and Megan Fox. And he's like, oh, OK, let me just like play with your hair and kiss your face because I'm uncomfortable and I want to leave. Honestly. I found out that I am an Aquarius on my seventh house, which is a mobile home in Alabama. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what are you, about? you had me first. Did you look it up? No, absolutely I not. I don't even know how to but look like, it up. It, and the funniest part about that whole thing when Allie's talking about it, she's like, hey, yeah, all the whatever, 12th house, which is actually the hidden house. It's like, that means that I guard my secrets. It's like, then what did the first like 17 words that you said mean? Like I that means know. nothing. Hidden know. house. And then you hide secrets. That makes sense. Yeah. I get what about that. the other 50 fucking things that you threw out there? That no, was 15. I don't care. She's in the 15th house. Whatever. I thought it was 12th. How many houses are in the neighborhood? That's a really good question. And so what we, do these other houses look like? And can we live there? Can we live in the second Pisces moon house? Because I want to be there. I think we could. Sounds like a that sounds like a good time. I think we could. I think that house sounds like it has a star projector that plays on loop. <laughs> and I don't really want to be there, actually. <laughs> we could do this for another two hours. Yeah. Let's move on. We're at Pump with Memo, which... Sick name. What a name. Great name. As soon as I saw the screen, I was like, please don't be pronounced Memo and be pronounced Memo. And of course, it's fucking Memo. It was great. But we get a meeting... Sandy shows up and double fists Froze and beer at like 12 in the afternoon. God, (laughs) Of course he does. But Lisa's talking to them about their Schwartz and Sandy situation and trying to see if they want the buyout. And respect to them, they actually made the right decision and said, no, 
Now, here's my problem. She offers to buy out Greg. Why, why would you not take that? This is somebody you know has success. This is somebody that you trust. It's somebody that knows the area better than any. Like she, she's going to do a better job than Greg. Absolutely. And I, I think they're honestly just stuck and they don't know what to do because they don't know what to do. Like that's the real thing. And then you get Sandoval sitting there being this like cool, like mean spirited businessman yelling about like, we're going to open when I said we're going to open, but also we have to go to this wedding. So like we got to postpone it a little bit. Like where are your priorities, bro? You're taking forever to open this. Lisa Vanderpump's telling you, you should have opened a long time ago. You have to open the doors to make money. You can't make everything perfect. They're talking about how much money they're going to need. And they're like 40, 50, 60. I don't know. And they don't know. That's the whole thing is like, they say all these things out loud. And at the end of the day, they have zero idea what they need to do to make this a success. And it's never going to be a success, especially now, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. But it cracks me up when it's juxtaposed to Katie and Ariana, like going through their business plan yep. with um, their business consultant. And they are so on point. They have binders with all their shit in it. They know the answers to the questions. Like they seem confident. They're just, and they're also biding their time. They're like, look, mm -hmm. we have all our ducks in a row so that when we get out there to investors, like we're not going to fall on our face. We have a plan. We have a location. We're ready to <laughs> like the fact that these two idiots have been doing this for a year for a million dollars and are going to push it because of a wedding. Mm -hmm. Bro, if I was sunk into a place for a million dollars, I wouldn't leave that place. I would no. live in the bar and until it That's what Lisa opens. said. She's like, you should be there 24-7 making sure that this works. And we know that Sandoval's not there 24-7 and Schwartz is too much of a coward to call him out. Yeah, well. Like, they are just stuck. And here's the other thing about investors. They were probably just walking around like, well, yeah, like, you know it's going to be a hit. Like, we're Tom Tom. We're Schwartz and Sandy. We're Schwartz and Sandy. Like, you know us from TV. <laughs> and then you get, like, Katie and Ariana over here, like, fully mapped out. Like, we're going to plan on this. Nobody knows who we are, but we have this really good model, and we think it's going to work. And we will talk to Lisa to consult with us because she's doing it out of the kindness of her own heart, too. Like, I love these kids. I know them from so long ago, and I'm so happy to see where they are now. She doesn't really talk about that when it comes to Tom and Tom. Mm -mm. She's like, well, they're kind of fucked. Like, no, I don't know what to I mean, them. we actually hear her kind of say that when it gets to Ariana and Katie talking about their business plan with her. Because she's like, I wish that they'd come to me sooner because now mm -hmm. they're on their own. The next scene is with Brock and Sheener. And the only reason I'm going to get into this at all is just to set up for... Well, actually, no. I take that back. There's a few things about the scene I do want to talk about. One. That they have to remind themselves to brush their teeth? Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> um, the one-minute kiss as well, because in my mind, I'm like, all right, you make out for a minute. Yeah. From what it looked like when they kissed, they're just doing like a kiss, like one kiss and holding for a minute, because there was like they sat there. Like, uncomfortable. Lit, lit. I know. Wouldn't that be awkward? Like I would get uncomfortable after. A long time. Do you want to try it? No. Okay. No, um, but I mean, like, you never know how long time or how slowly time moves until you do a one-minute plank, right? Imagine a one-minute kiss. One-minute kiss. No, I, unless you're – there's got to be a little bit of Frenching going on or yeah. else. Like, I, I, that would be awkward. Two, I think Brock ate Vegemite. I think that's what he was spreading on his toast. Have you ever had Vegemite? No, I have not. Oh, I thought it was jam, man. but and maybe – I don't want to insult any of our – I know we have a lot of Aussie listeners, so I'm, I'm not coming at Vegemite. I will say it has to be an acquired taste because I tried it when I lived there, and ooh, it is so salty. Is like, it? It is so 
so salty. Yeah, I don't think that I'm ever going to be in a position where I will try it. Ooh. If there's an Aussie listener that would like to send us some Vegemite, I will make sure to try it on the air. I would ask if it travels well, but, you know. It does. It definitely travels well. I'm sure well. it travels It's in a jar. Fine. It'll travel just fine. But the biggest thing here is they need more rooms, and this sets us up for something later. Katie is still planning on going, even though she's no longer going to the wedding. Mm-hmm. So the room cost $1,000. So initially, I'm like, all right, room's $1,000. You kind of got the shaft a little bit. Like, obviously, it's an uncomfortable situation. You and Sheena are, had a falling out. You're going to go. It's a big resort. Enjoy Mexico. Is it a little weird? Yeah. Do I understand where you're coming from? Kind of. Like, whatever. It's a wash. As this plays out later, my whole stance shifts. And and that pretty much takes us to the pool party. So we'll just jump right into it. You know, Katie, who I'm, I tried to pull for for a while. Like, last week I was talking about how, you know, she is the one that got really scorned here by Schwartz and blah, blah, blah. Very quickly, I'm like, all right, dude. As they're starting to dive into this and Sheena comes over to her to say, hey, I'll buy you out of the room. She takes the most childish, immature approach to this whole thing. She's like, no, I want to go to Mexico. And no, Christina Kelly is going to come with me to Mexico. And why don't I just do what the fuck I want to do? And like, because it's a really shitty look and you know this person's getting married, they need the room. There is a million resorts that you can go to in Mexico. Literally, probably in that town, there's probably 15 great ones. Go somewhere else. Don't sit there so you can snarkily like stare at the wedding and say mean things about it. And you know that they want to be there because of that. And they're going to obviously still hang out with the other people that are there that they're friends with. So like if you want to go to Mexico, like you said, just go to a different resort. But I get what Sheena's coming after because she said, you know, during my first wedding, I had the mean girls with Stasi and Christina Kelly talking about my dress and saying that what it, I looked like a slutty quinceanera dress yeah. or whatever, like. She doesn't want that energy, and Christina Kelly does kind of suck. So I get that. And Katie also sucks in Sheena's mind. So why would she want them there? And Katie's just like, well, why would I want to change? Like I already played, I already paid for this. Like once Sheena comes up to her and says, "I will buy you out," Katie didn't say a word. No, she didn't. Even. She wasn't expecting that. She didn't know, and she didn't have a good answer. And if there's no good answer there, then yes, you know what? Venmo me a thousand dollars. I'll get out. You can send her in. Boom, done. We're good. Go to a different resort, like. You already have the time off. You clearly have the money to go do that, and Sheena will give you the money to go book it. Why don't you at least just say, let me look into it to see if I can. Yeah, just and if you want to sit around and figure it out and then call back and be like, look, the other resorts just don't have this. Because I get it. Like Planning traveling, especially last minute, sucks balls. Yeah, okay, like, if you want to but... do that, that's going to suck. But you know what? You're probably still flying into the same airport. You're probably still going to get the same car service. And like you said, there's probably a resort right next door. And other people said the same thing. But for Katie to just dig her feet into the sand or dig her head into the sand or whatever you want to say, to do that is it's childish. And she wants to sit there so that she can watch the wedding from afar and make fun of it. That's yeah. the only reason she wants Which to do that. Which is a terrible thing. I don't even care if you hate the person. Like, don't put that kind of hate out there. No. Period. Like, that's just a bad look. You come out looking worse here by far. Yeah. Like, you see this whole trend with this little crew that has now kind of established themselves together, Christina Kelly, Katie, and Lauren. And they just are the worst kind of friend group. Yeah, like they're they sit so there bad. and they laugh at each other. Like no one else in the room is laughing or thinks it's funny or cute. And you guys are like making faces at each other when Rachel's trying to talk to you. Nothing, nothing grinds my gear more than that. Like the hair on the back of my neck stands up when someone's trying to like 
obviously there's tensions, the tensions are high. Rachel comes over there, guns a little hot, but not like over the top, trying to explain to Lala, trying to talk to Lala, trying to like break down what happened on this trip. Lala's not even beginning to hear it. She's making faces at the other two, acting like Rachel is the dumbest person in the room, which is just so fucking rude. I don't care how you feel about a person, not to mention she doesn't know about the scandal yet. So to treat somebody that they're just flat out stupid in front of other people, I think is one of the most disrespectful things you can do to a person. Yeah, that and the end of it when Lauren's sitting there like, oh my God, is she still here? Yeah. Is she still talking? Is she still here? It's like, Jesus, like how old are you? Yeah, we're playing like the ignore game. Like, oh, is is somebody talking? I can't see anybody. Like, dude, grow up. Like, I think that this crew doesn't understand that when this shit goes down, they're not winning the situation. And you're going up against some pretty shitty people as well that it's very easy to come out here smelling like roses. Katie, if you bite the bullet and immediately go, you know what? Take the room. I'll go somewhere else. You come out a hero. Yeah, because look- everybody else is losing and everybody else is going to lose that you don't know about right, right. now. So you're going to come out of this season looking like an actual adult. And that's going to really stick to us, the viewers. Yeah. Because it's really easy to win a battle in this show because they all suck. Everybody. It's so bad. They Everybody. all suck so bad that right now we're talking about James Kennedy as being the most real person here. He is, even in this moment when shit starts to pop off and they start to really get into what the issue is. The funniest thing, Lauren has the gall, the audacity, and the nerve to say <laughs> to Rachel and everyone in the room, she's over it. What do you mean? It is not your place to say to yeah. anybody who's over you cheating with her ex-fiance and not telling her until five years after that. She found out two weeks ago. And then James jumps in briefly and he's like, and goes, look, just stop bringing me into it. Like, I don't want to be involved with it, which, okay, fair enough. But at the same time, dude, you made your bed. No pun intended. You got to lie in it. You banged Lala. She found out two weeks ago. This is still fresh. She still has a right to be upset for anybody to tell her otherwise is ridiculous. Because again, we don't know about the Scandal thing yet. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at it from that lens of them just being dicks. They're all being assholes. I said it last week. And instead of excusing Katie from the conversation, now she's an asshole too. The only one left standing is Ariana. And I will refuse to ever call her an asshole. Yeah, no, she's she's the champion this she year. She tried. It's so funny to watch her like actually try to have normal reactions to things that are going on or maybe a plan on how we can fix something. And these people are just acting like children. Yeah. And they're worse than children. They really are. And Ariana just walks in. She starts talking. And she's like, you know what? Actually, no. I'm, I'm going to walk away. Yeah, I'm not doing She this. walks in. And she starts, like, actually having a discussion. And then Sandoval starts yelling at them. And she's like, Tom, we're not going to do Tom versus the girls now. <laughs> and walks away. It's like every time that she gets to insert herself, she realizes how ridiculous of an interaction it yeah. is with this person. And then she ends up walking away because she's like, I can't deal with these idiots. Yeah. That's the big thing. Like, the the big three, let's call them. Christina Kelly. Lauren and Katie, they think they're so much smarter than everybody yeah, they do. in the room. And they just simply are not. Just because you have your little giggle sesh with each other in the middle of the room that everybody can see, and it's so rude, doesn't make you guys better than it makes you guys look like idiots. What's up, bros? Steel here to talk to you guys about care of. Everyone is different, especially when it comes to health needs and goals. And that's why Care Of is here to make it easier than ever to stick to a vitamin routine personally tailored to your everyday wellness. You take a short, in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and health goals for a personalized, doctor-backed recommendation, taking the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. Care Of's free app is there to help track your progress and how you feel. You can even earn rewards like discounts and merch when you take your vitamins daily. Look. 
I work out a lot. I'm a personal trainer. These kinds of things are really important to me. Get my multivitamin every day. My protein after a workout. Care of makes it easy. They send you a personalized little pack with your name on it to make you feel special when you wake up in the morning. It's like, good morning, Steel. Good morning, Care of. Thank you for helping me feel better. Each shipment comes with a customized pamphlet showing you exactly what's in your individual daily packs and why it was recommended specifically for you and your health goals. For 50% off your first Care of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BRAVBROS50. Again, for 50% off your first Care of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BRAVBROS50. Now we're back to Miami. I only get to do this two more times. One more time now. We'll do a sad horn. Do I have a sad horn? We'll I find got the brass sad. thing. I don't know. But we'll, fi- <laughs> we'll find something. But then you were talking earlier how we're not going to get that scene where Raquel is like possibly behind the scenes at the reunion, blah, blah, blah. I could have done without this one because all it was was Alexia screaming at Adriana and Adriana screaming back at Alexia. It was unintelligible. It was unwatchable. It was a terrible way to start the reunion, in my opinion, because it was just madness. It was It was chaos. The whole reunion has been tough for which really sucks because the show was enjoyable mm-hmm. and we thought we were going to get a good reunion. But honestly, if you were to teleport us back a couple of weeks, I think that we would have agreed that the end of the season was good. We probably didn't need a reunion. Just one. Just yeah, just one. one. Yeah. I don't understand the three people, especially for a Peacock special show. Right. Like, this isn't a Bravo show that a lot of people are watching. It's Peacock's exclusive. So. Do we really need three parts? Absolutely not. We no. can say that now. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But we get that. And I, I love Julia because Julia is still sticking up for her friends. Even when Alexia comes in and tries to fake apologize, which she said multiple times, I'm just not going to apologize if I don't feel it. You clearly don't feel this. No. You're just trying to manipulate Adriana into getting more angry yep. so that you can maybe come out on top and be like, well, she said that about my son. She said this about that. And then she blew up at me when I was just trying to apologize to Julia. That's not how we viewed that. Mm-mm. We viewed that as you were yelling ridiculous shit at people from across the stage, then went to go apologize in a fake apology. And Julia said, well, you didn't treat Adriana correctly. And then that's when the whole thing blows up. And I, Julia is really coming out on top, and I don't think that she's like super polarizing. I don't think that she can carry a show by any means, but she's real. She's a great. And I do like that. A she's show. a very good addition. This show just needs to trim the fat, so to speak, and get rid of these other characters that just don't need to be there that are just pissing us off. I think the best way to do this reunion is just to go through all the stupid shit that people said, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about that, and then we're gonna move on from this pretty quickly. But the first thing we need to talk about. We got a little cutscene from a previously unseen. Alexia claims to be more LGBTQ conscious than Julia. Yeah. Who is in a relationship with a woman. What are we doing here? Like, are you kidding me with that comment? And that's just, it's the perfect portrayal of who Alexia is and how her brain operates. Mm -hmm. When she gets heated, she just goes for the biggest, loudest comment that she can possibly think of. Oh, well, I'm more LGBTQ than you. No. No, you're not. No you're, no, you're not. You simply are not. You just simply can't be. The next one. Wait, wait. Wasn't she? Hold on. Okay. Wasn't there a couple episodes ago where Alexia was telling Julia that she didn't know what she was talking about when they were talking about the uh, the Florida law? Oh, yeah. In? And Julia was like, it's just really hard because of my relationship and oh my I'm God. trying to adopt somebody. And Alexia just completely dismissed everything that she was saying. 
but she's more Jesus. Like well, we're talking about the woman that can't scroll down on a on a PDF to find and out, and then won't admit that she was wrong, and won't she apologize. She will specifically lay out the details of her being wrong, and then will not admit that she was wrong. Yes, it's extremely it's frustrating unbelievable. to watch. So let's move on to the next stupid thing that was said. I like this. We should do this like once a week. Yeah, this this is like, like therapy. I think. The boldest claim I think I've ever heard in my whole life. And let's just preface this, okay? I'm not sure how many of you guys are NBA fans or basketball fans, but there are some, like, urban legends, such as, like, Wilt Chamberlain allegedly slept with, what, 20,000 women or something? Yes. Like, there, there are some of these, like, myths out there of just extravagant sex numbers within the NBA, all right? So there is some, some grounds for this. Mm-hmm. However... Larsa makes the statement, and it is simply in response to the other women saying they have healthy sex lives in which they have sex like three times a week. Solid number. Good for you, ladies. Larsa goes, for 23 years, I had sex four times a night. I never missed a night. Are you Are Most you kidding incredible me? incredible performance since what? Jordan's flu game. <laughs> Her- Hold on. Let's just do the math here. So four times a night times 365 days. That's 1,460 times a year, all right? Stay with me. 1,460 times 23. In 23 years, this woman had sex 33,580 times without one day off. I think that's more points than LeBron has scored in his NBA career. That might actually be true. I think it was like 32,000, so yeah, that makes sense. Uh, It's funny because this actually, this clip got picked up by a lot of non-Bravo related yeah, newscasts that. like was on Barstool, Barstool Sports yeah. was talking about it. And I heard it on like different podcasts, like just random people talking about it. It's so funny. I just wish, and, and this is the problem. I think if there was one NBA fan on there that like didn't really like Larsa, they would make a comment about how she's dating her ex-husband's teammate's son, who she absolutely knew when he was like five years old. And then claims that, that she's such didn't know him. gold. You could just say that and be like, what were you grooming the guy? Like, like, like seriously. So like, many things you could say. And then even the Jordan Pippen, like, are you gonna like hyphenate your name and go Jordan Pippen? Like they laughed, but I belly laughed at that. I know. It was so fun to hearing it out loud, like, like the hyphen, holy sh like that was my it was a holy shit moment. So I was like, wow. And knowing Michael <laughs> Jordan, I bet you that he loves this too, because he now he can it. he'll always be you know, Scottie Pippen will always be my second fiddle. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you don't know the relationship between the two of those, like, it was, there was some high tension between yeah. Pippen and Jordan. So this and is... And maybe Pippen would have been better if he wasn't having sex four times a night. Save some stamina for the games, brother. Money. Yeah, like, He had a relax. back problem later in his career. <laughs> he had to bail out of the finals a couple different times. Like I think now we know why. Yeah. He blew his lower back out having Dennis sex. Dennis Rodman wasn't out there with Carmen Electra having sex four times a night, probably. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I think Rodman could get those kind of numbers. Yeah, but Rodman can he he definitely can't get those kind of numbers. But Pippen, I just can't see. I can't see it, but it would make sense why his back continually hurt. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next stupid thing that was said. <laughs> the next stupid comment made once again by Larsa. I don't even talk about people. <laughs> what are you, what, I watched you talk about people and start the shit all season. What are we talking about? This she, is why, like everything she says, is just not true. You're no, she says liar. she says that she doesn't talk about people and she only lets up the information that she has and weaponizes it, even though she refused to say weaponize it when she feels like she's in a corner. And then you go back and you look at all of the different things that whatever happened, she walked into <laughs> Lisa's apartment 
and immediately just said, I heard that you rent your house out. I heard you have a mortgage. Like, why? And she's like, I thought that she wanted to know that. Like, what? Like, Her she, explanations for things are laughable. It's like the are. most basic, like, yeah, I thought that she wanted to hear that. And she thinks that that's like a, a sufficient response. Yeah. Like, no, no. Continue, please. Go. Let's dive deeper, Larsa. Oh, you can't? Shocker. Like, it's just, it's so obvious to see that all she's doing is just saving these things, little rumors that she either makes up or Marisol makes up. Or somebody DMs and it's from an account that has zero followers and they take it as law and she saves it for the show. Like that is clearly what she's doing. And everybody calls her out on it. Julie even said that. Like you could have called me and said, hey, I heard that you were making out with a man at a hotel. No. Instead, she waits until it's the cameras are rolling, which we gave Giselle shit for in Potomac. This is the same type of thing. You would think that maybe going into a reunion where you think that people are going to call you out for that, you might have a better answer. No. There maybe no some planning. a little bit of wit. Maybe you turn it some way. She whatever. Have wit. She just has dude. nothing. She has no wit. There's there's. It's but not... she walked into her um her tr- like glam team room or whatever, and she thought that she won she, all of I those know. arguments. And her claim She's delusional. was that they want to be me. They want to get off. Like they get off because of me. It's like okay, let's really break this down yeah. real quick. And I'm so glad that Julia called it out. Nicole is a doctor. Nicole is. Gorgeous. She's young. She has a super successful husband, a seemingly very happy, successful wife. That's the root here. Mm -hmm. That's the fucking problem you have. It has nothing to do with all the bullshit that you're claiming is going on. You threw that jab out there at her because you thought that was the one way that you could kind of stick it to her is to challenge her career. Mm -hmm. And you genuinely did. You could have ruined her career. And for you to say our final stupid thing that was said, the most stupid thing. I think I've ever heard on Bravo. And that is, I've had a lot of bold claims about like things that I just haven't heard before on on Bravo. For you to sit there and say, I have real jobs to a fucking anesthesiologist. This woman makes sure that people don't die on the reg. Do you understand how like perfect you have to be with anesthesia to keep people under, not kill them and not have them wake up during surgery? It's a very important job. And by the way, does she have, does Larsa have real jobs? Oh, I was getting to did that. Those, did those jobs exist five years ago? Probably not. Those jobs didn't exist no. five years. I don't know when OnlyFans was started, but that's your real job. You're comparing your career, and this is not a knock on anybody that does OnlyFans. If you get your bank making it off of OnlyFans, you do you get that paper, boo. I'm not here to judge. Yeah. But for you to go up and say that your job is more substantial than that of an anesthesiologist, a doctor, is ludicrous. Like, let's, I saw a really good post. Somebody broke down the amount of time it takes to become an anesthesiologist. It's four years of regular school, four years in like doctor school, medical school, three years of residency just to become this person. And then it had next to it time it takes to become an OnlyFans model. Register, take pictures, promote, post. Yep. That's it. That was pretty much it. And we saw her working this year once when she said, hold on, I have to take a couple feet picks. Yeah. Like that was how quickly you did that. Nicole had to go to a 12 hour shift and she was gone for the weekend because she had to work back to back to back. Yeah. And she gets Julia talking about how Martina was going under and Nicole was her anesthesiologist for that. Yes, and she like, very real. And that this is why like I, I respect Nicole so much because one, she's definitely, I think, the smartest housewife. Maybe not like the most cutting, but intelligence wise, she's definitely the smartest housewife that we've seen. She did not take that bait. 
when no. Larsa said that, Julia laughed. Yep. Gertie laughed and was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nicole just shook her head. And she did that countless times because that side of the room is ridiculous. Minus Lisa. Lisa's going through a lot of shit. Seems like there's a lot more weird stuff going on. Going on. And she was very blind to a lot of the things that were going on. Or she knew about it and she's acting like she didn't now. But whatever. That's a different discussion for a different day. But that side of the room is crazy. And they're just hurling insults and just talking about the dumbest shit and laughing amongst themselves. Much like the Mean Girls that we talked about in DPR. Honestly, it's the same exact vibe. It is. But they're, they're just missing the mark. And the other side of the room is like, sans maybe Adriana, who I can't really stand right now. They all have it together, and they're all figuring out their lives, and they're all bettering themselves. And these idiots on the left side are not. No, they're they're getting progressively worse and worse, and yeah. I, I take that back. I looked at my notes. We still have more stupid comments. Oh, God. After the Larsa, like, I have a real job. Okay. We get to Larsa pretty much trying to, like, slut shame Nicole for what she wears. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, glass house. If you make your money on OnlyFans, I don't care. But don't then say that Nicole wears promiscuous outfits to work. Nicole does this. Not one. No, she, she wears doesn't. scrubs. Oh, she wears scrubs. To Everybody work. does. Yeah, and you're gonna try to give her shit because she said she pulled her neck while giving a blowjob. When somebody asks the question, "Have you ever gotten hurt during sex?" she answers a question that has to do with her husband, and she says, "Yeah, I pulled my neck." Yeah. One funny. Two. Poignant because that was the question asked. And three, you can't use that as ammo. Like, she's so disgusting and unprofessional. What are we doing? It's unbelievable. It's like I, I literally thought I was going insane watching this. It is. I mean, they're already insane because, again, that side of the room thinks that they did so well. And they're high fiving and toasting after this. I guarantee God, it. Like, we dragged you. them. We dragged that other couch. Uh, I don't, I think it's just Marisol, but is there someone else on Ultimate Girls Trip that I have to worry about? I from thought this? there was another one. If it's a, if it's Alexia and Marisol, Alexia. I'm going to hurl myself from a nearest building. <laughs> I'll drive you. Yeah. <laughs> the you only thing before we move on that I did think was actually legit and interesting is Kiki claims to have known about a lot of these rumors about Lenny for yeah. an extended period of time. And it looks time. like we're going to get more of that next week. But Yeah, and I wanna, I'm excited to get into that because... Hopefully. But moving right along to Summer House, as we said, we got to chat with the Summer House member today. Carl was was awesome. I'm excited for you guys to hear that. But, uh, but we start out, and it's still like the disco party, and what is it called? Studio 50 Forest? Something like that, sure. Something like that, whatever. But I appreciated, and you know, maybe it's because we talked to him today. And he was such a delightful guy that. But I wrote it down here that I did appreciate that Carl said he didn't have the balls to like bring it up to Kyle. Like yeah. he hadn't like had the nerve to go up and ask him. I was like, all right, self-aware king. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Nice job. Man. Plus, he looked great in the outfit and Jerry curls. <laughs> See what we're doing now? Yeah. I. The fact that those well, two Kyle also looked great. They both looked fantastic. Yeah. Like the fact that and you brought it up on the interview today, like I do love that there's a trope centered around Summerhouse. Yeah. Where extremely serious conversations happen in very wacky outfits. Yeah. I think that we need if one of our listeners can put together like a little collage of very serious conversations in wacky clothes throughout the year on Summerhouse, we would be forever in your debt. We'll send you a free cameo. Yeah. You can it, put that together. It happens all the time. And like, it, these are like the reasons that I do like the theme parties is because 
most of them go all out and most of them will wear cool costumes that like you never expect to have any reason to use. Kyle looked great. Carl looked great. There were a couple of duds out there. I don't think Chris understood what he didn't was going get the on. He yeah, didn't get that's, the assignment, but he's still new. So I'm going to give him a little grace there, but I will say Chris was so funny to watch. I love he was Chris. just going for he's such a nice guy he's and just such like a like a goofball. Like, he is, but he's he's very clearly like dead set on, you know, talking to some chicks. And obviously the ones in the house aren't really much fun. No, they hung out with him too much. They're they're not into him. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. But he talked to probably every single girl that was there he that the wasn't rounds. part of it. And my favorite part was when he was talking to the two girls that were sitting in the pool and he's just going on and on to this one girl, and then he leans back and goes Sorry, I didn't see you over there. I couldn't really see through this girl right here. Yeah, I know. And he starts chatting her up. I'm like, he's just swinging all over the place. Well, you know, we we all have those friends. It's a numbers game. Yeah. You, you play yeah. the numbers game. If you, if you keep asking long enough, like eventually, hopefully, somebody will say somebody yes. Somebody will, will at least give you the time of day. Yeah. But the party to me seems kind of flat. We found out today why. And if you guys want to hear a lot of like the in-depth stuff, listen to the interview. But um. We finally get a sit down between Carl and Kyle. And I did think it was interesting that this did not really center around their shit. Like no. this was once again a Lindsay and Amanda conversation, which arguably is the root of a lot of their issues. Mm-hmm. Just like those I think if you take Lindsay and Amanda out of it, these two could get to the real reasons, but without the tension. I think the knowing that their two ladies do not get along with one another adds this whole other dynamic to the mix that makes it really difficult just to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Lindsay kind of expected, you can see that everybody has their eyes on this conversation because I think Chris said it best when you guys are at odds, the whole house can feel it. Oh, Sam said that. Sam said that. Sam, I think they both did. The, Was the it Sam and Chris? They, Sam they're... said some really good things to Kyle. I like Sam a that, lot. Yeah, Sam said that inside when her and Kyle were talking, but I believe it was Chris that came over and made a comment about the fact that when you guys are at odds, because you guys are, you guys have been here for seven seasons and you guys kind of control the house. If you guys are at odds, the whole house can feel it. And we don't want to deal with that. It's much happier when you don't because we get to party, we get to focus on having fun instead of whatever the hell else is going on. Now, I was a little surprised, and I think that Lindsay was also surprised, that Carl went into this conversation so, like, happy-go-lucky after Kyle had an absolute meltdown last week. And Carl's really sitting back just thinking, like, all right, Kyle's just going to talk himself out. He's just screaming. He looks terrible. But he did call your girlfriend a bitch. He did. Like, let's not mince words here. That's exactly what he did. You could go into this a little fiery. You could go into this, you know— you're a little more controlled than you were a couple of years ago, but you don't have to go in screaming and yelling, but maybe go into this and be like, dude, like I didn't appreciate the fact that you called Lindsay a bitch. Like, let's just talk about that right now. Yeah. Let's get, that's to the how you that. do that. Like, but don't beat around the bush and like have fun and be like, yeah, you know, I want to get back to like having a good time with you. And Kyle is still to his credit on point talking about like, I think that it's the Lindsay of it all. I think that there's an issue. Like, I feel like she's pulling you back. I feel like once you guys started dating, things have changed. I feel like you've changed. Like Kyle's still on point and getting his opinion across. And I feel like Carl's still not like being too real with him. I th- yeah. He's I like th- still being nice and kind of towing the line of like, you're my boss and friend. And I just don't want everybody to be upset. And I feel like that's not conducive to figuring it out. Yeah. And like 
whether you're, whoever you agree with here, I don't think Shooter's saying that Kyle's in the right. I think no, not at all. Saying is regardless of the right or wrong of it, Kyle is getting his points out. Yes, exactly. Carl is kind of he's not really getting it out there. Yeah. And like he did say today, like watching it back, he wishes that he could have like for sure done more. And like hindsight, you know, is a bitch as we talk about yeah. all the time. But it kind of gets resolved. Not really. Like they kind of just hug it out. That let's move forward and hopefully. That's the one good thing about dudes is we we tend to be able to be like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just let's move past yeah. this. We'll move on. Let's yeah. get back to being friends. It'll be a little awkward for a while, but we'll get through that. I do like it. it's just like they push it off on Amanda and Lindsay. Like they need to figure their shit yeah, out. They need to talk. Then, but I this is and I don't agree with Kyle at all here, where Kyle says, you know, if if Lindsay and Amanda if we could just isolate them and let them have like their own thing going on here, that shouldn't really affect us. Like I disagree with that. I think it's if impossible. You're, if your wives, if your wife, girlfriend, whatever are beefing and they have real issues with you, one, it would make a lot of sense if you guys could help them to figure it out because you do want to be all friends. And two, you can't just sit there idly and be like, well, I'm still going to be friends with, with this guy. Like, even though there's a lot of stuff going on here, because Kyle is not matching your energy. Right. If Kyle's, you know, sitting there happy go lucky just like you are, and you guys are just like, oh, you know, let the girls fight, like whatever, and you guys agree on that, that's one thing. But Kyle is not. Kyle's still backing Amanda very yeah. much. You're not quite backing Lindsay probably as much as she would like, probably as much as Carl would like as he looks back now. So you gotta figure out that dynamic and you gotta be hands on. You can't just say, Oh, the girls need to figure it out. Like we're good. But that's what they're going to do. Yeah, it is. That's what they're going to do. And we're going to see it blow up. But I don't think with them, I think that I think that because Danielle can't keep her nose out of anything, yeah. like we're going to see the blow up happen between her and Lindsay. I'm really curious to see kind of how everybody interacts once that starts popping off. Because mm-hmm. we've seen Danielle kind of jump from crew to crew. She can't find out where she fits in. I think the problem is when you look at it, this is all projection. She's mm-hmm. projecting her shit onto every other group in the house, specifically the couples. And I think it's because Robert's MIA. He cooks. He's in the kitchen 24-7. He's an Aspen on a job. Like, he's not present. So all of your insecurities in your own relationship are falling onto everybody else in the house. And that's yeah. ridiculous. It is not your business. And I can't say it enough. I am so sick of seeing... Carl and Lindsay beef and seeing her like talking to other people like what are they talking about like oh my god I can't believe like blah 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 and then she goes over there Lindsay finds out that she said some off color shit about them even though she's their best friend Lindsay iced Amanda out for talking shit about her and Carl they were best friends why is this different no that's I that's a really good point and you actually brought in another good point about Paige stirring that up a little bit yeah, we oh, yeah. don't have and like maybe there's other people that have commented before where we talk about how we just want to watch people have fun and party and not go to bed at 11 o'clock. And obviously we know that Paige goes to bed at 11 o'clock. Yeah, we're aware. But Paige has a different role in this show. And when she was missing last week, Amanda completely just lost her shit. But if Paige is there, that doesn't happen. I don't think in my mind. She's the buffer. Exactly. And when Paige was there today. She heard something about Lindsay. She heard something about Danielle and she immediately spills in a very productive way and then literally leaves, Mm -hmm. like gets up and walks away and says, I got to go to the bathroom. See you later. Have fun. You guys got to talk about this. It's great. Boom. Done. Awesome. Like, that's exactly what you need. And then we see her later, like up in the window, staring down, looking at them. That was really funny. But Danielle really is like she's 
she's just so butthurt about not being part of this thropple anymore. Thropple? Thropple? Your word Whatever. is thropple. I say just, thropple. Just go with it. Yeah, I'm going to go with thropple. She's just really upset that she's not part of this thropple anymore. And she's watching her two best friends. She's Squidward up in the window while SpongeBob and Patrick are running around <laughs> having fun outside. Like she, her boyfriend is gone. MIA. She talks about like, oh, he's not coming out. Oh, he's not coming out. And here we know like they did break up, which maybe it is better for her because it doesn't seem like the long distance thing was really working. But now her two best friends are dating and she feels like she's being iced out completely. Mm. And maybe she is right. Maybe Lindsay and Carl could make a better effort to include Danielle in what they're doing. But why? They're dating. Like, exactly. They dating. I get that. But she didn't really. It's sort of like the Frank Catania aspect of this. Like she didn't expect her role as friend to change. But if she had a boyfriend that was present, I don't think she would care as much. I think she's doing true. her own thing. I think she's alone and her two best friends are shacking up and she can't join in. But the funniest is her trying to defend her stand. She's like, yeah, I'm always going to have an opinion on you guys because like, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. She has to say that a hundred times. I know. But no, what you did was find an opportunistic moment where other people were talking smack. You decided to jump in, call it a fairy tale, say they're moving too fast, say all these things that you have had discussions about with Lindsay in the past. Mm -hmm. Where Lindsay has said, I took issue with at the reunion, Amanda questioned, was buying a house together too fast? Yeah. You say they're moving too fast. You say it's a fairy tale. We're supposed to have their back. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstance, if you are in fact their best friend, you do not go out to the pool bar and talk smack about them. And then when Lindsay calls you out on it, you have this weird defensive stance like you're in the right. If that's the moment, just be like, look, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean it that way. It Mm -hmm. came out the wrong way. Like, I love you guys. Of course, I support you. You got to bite the bullet and just like step back. Instead, she doubles down and proceeds to have the cringiest 20 minutes ever. By far. Like she is doing way too much. I think she thinks she's awesome. Like she thinks she's fucking killing it. Yeah. Like she's in her room alone. She's alone and she's awkward. Yeah. That's hard to do. No, that's definitely very hard to do. Like she, I, I, I can't stand her this season. I, I wasn't a huge fan of her prior, but she was, I, I didn't really care. No, it, it, she wasn't like ever present. Like there were too many, there were other personalities that were taking over and we weren't complaining that nobody was doing anything. Now we're kind of hyper-focusing on things that are annoying us, essentially. Yeah. And she is one of the biggest. Yeah, she really is. And it's really tough. Is. Like, go to Montauk. And we found out, and I kind of thought this, too. When they're talking about going to Montauk, and, like, look, I get it. Like, Sam's, like, what, like, 24? Like, let the younger ones go. They want to go at 1130 to drive an hour to Montauk and go to a party to hang out for an hour to then turn around and come back for yeah. that other hour. Like, that sounds terrible to me now. I can't imagine what it sounds like to like Lindsay and Carl, like Carl definitely does not want to go. Do we think that maybe he should have been like Lindsay, if you want to go, then go. He should have. Probably. He should have just I, said think he would, I think he would agree as he well. He said that today. I yeah. should have just said go. And Lindsay also, if she didn't want to go and she wanted to hang out with Carl, then she should have just said, nah, you know, I'm going to hang back. I'm not really into that. I don't feel like dealing with that. It's a long commute. Like there's so many things that you could say. Instead, you just get Danielle, like hanging all over her, talking about how, you know, we used to go out Montauk all the time. The Lindsay that I know loves Montauk. Lindsay is older now. She doesn't feel like doing that anymore. We just had a whole party. I can't imagine going and going an hour away to go do more. Like, let the girl hang out at home. She has a loving relationship. You go hang out with these other people in Montauk. See if you enjoy it. You might not even enjoy it anymore. Well, like, I it's think it's annoying. Lindsay did want to go. 
I, I think that it was clear you think that, that she, she was looking for permission from Carl. I don't know if it was permission. I think that she wanted Carl to go. I don't think she wanted to go alone. I really yeah. don't. I don't think that she was looking for a window where Carl's going to be like, you know what, just go do your thing. I think she wanted him to rally and get up and go. Mm-hmm. I did. I even wrote it down. And this is pre-Carl interview. Um, I wrote down after Danielle's like, well, me and Robert, like, I would go do my thing. I would do this. I would do that. Lindsay says, that's not our relationship. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I respect that. That's not how they roll. Mm-hmm. And like, not everybody does things the same way. If they roll as a duo, like, do I think it's healthy for people to have their own thing? Absolutely. I think it's for crucial. Sure. But if they're the kind of people that are like, look, I'm not going to go to Montauk without you. Like, that's not crazy. And Danielle, as their best friend, you should respect that and step the fuck off. There's other people that'll go. Go with Sam. By the way, Sam needs a friend. I love Sam. I think she's great. I think that watching her have to deal with her insecurities and stuff is is sad. It's tough to watch, especially mm-hmm. when you have people like Maya dragging her to the side saying, you talk too much. Like, great. Yeah. great. Let's let's highlight what her biggest insecurity is. Which Maya is also a problem of mine. She doesn't do anything. She, she does nothing. Like, I think she's a nice girl. I think she's, like, cool. I like Oliver. I like her boyfriend. But Oliver's I mean, great for TV. Oliver's great for TV. He's just not on a lot. We don't need another couple. And unfortunately, like, you're going to get the axe because you're not doing a whole lot. Sierra is awesome this season. Killing it. Sierra is absolutely killing it this season. I've had so many issues with her in the past, mostly because of the Austin thing and the way that that drug on. And it seems like it just like impacted everything. It sucked. This year, Sierra is awesome. The whole Foxy Brown thing was fucking hilarious. I kept saying Foxy Brown because of um, Goldmember. Goldmember, right? exactly. Austin yeah, hours. Yeah, Karma Brown. I, I I kept saying it to myself because, and then I watched Goldmember, but um, I I didn't watch it, but I started quoting it because of Karma Brown reminded me of yeah, Goldmember. Exactly. I got a skin box upstairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, it, she's great. Like there are so many good personalities on the show, and everybody seems to have their role, and they're trying to plug in these new newbies just to see if you know they can hang give the show a little bit more life where other people are kind of fading. And I just don't really think that Maya does enough to, to hang out. Like she literally just hangs out in bed. Yeah. And look, and that's not fun. Today's interview doesn't change anything. This show is still kind of on life support. They Mm -hmm. need to rally and figure it out. They need to have Chris step up. He needs to do more than awkwardly hit on girls and fail miserably. It's funny to watch, but it can't carry a show. And we were promised that shit heats up. And I, again, it's only six episodes we'll in. I think it's a longer season. So I think he said that there's like 17. There's a lot. So buckle up. We yeah. got a lot to go. I, I do have one qualm to pick with Bravo production. They are pushing the narrative hard. They are really and pushing And they've the been doing this with a lot of shows. And I just think that they're missing the point. I think that they're missing what we as viewers actually want to see. We have small attention spans. Very small attention spans. Like, what I were think we talking they, about? Exactly. I think that they were thinking in all of these shows, like, oh, the viewers are going to love this. Like, they can't get enough of this drama. It's like, no, we're tired of it. So, to like, that morning, it was Amanda's birthday, which I always think it's so funny. They always do something that, like, Sunday morning. Last day. And then they leave. It's miserable. It's like, yeah, just, like, get out. Like, morning, beat the traffic. Don't worry about it. People that go to the pool, go get drinks go do any activity on getaway day like i understand day to leave no i no. understand as a shore goer for like every weekend i understand waiting until sunday night to come home and if you want to go yeah. to the beach all day you you miss the traffic that way nope a lot of people because hotels let out in the morning which i don't think the hamptons really have that many hotels but there are commuters people 
leave in the morning. You can either leave really early or you have to leave late at night. Leaving in the middle, you're going to get fucked by traffic. But I always think it's really funny on this show that they do stuff like Amanda's birthday yeah, at like 10, 10 a.m. And then you see them packing up and they leave. And like that's really funny to me. But you can tell that Lindsay was going to say happy birthday to Amanda and they just cut. Yep. And went right over to somebody else. It's like, I know that Lindsay said happy birthday. Mm-hmm. We all know Lindsay said happy birthday. She didn't just stand there awkwardly. And if she did, you would have shown it. Yes. So don't do that. Like don't that the narrative. is annoying. Like we know what the narrative is. Even when she says happy birthday, maybe we would read into it and be like, that seemed disingenuous. I didn't really like the way she said happy birthday. But don't just like cut it off and be like, she didn't do it. Like you, they're, you're, they're going to figure it you out. You know what? It makes me think that Bravo production thinks we're stupid. Huh? It makes me. (laughs) (laughs) Last but not least, we are in Roan J. Roan Hay. We're at the Jersey Shore. We're down at Jersey Shore. Uh We're at, uh, where are they? Seaside Heights? I think they were at um, Tom's River. Oh, where they? It was Seaside Heights. Heights. Yeah, Seaside Heights. And funny little little anecdote for you: I was playing college summer ball, and I was living at Monmouth University in the dorms there. Going to Karma and fist pumping. We went to Karma one night. Um, Fist pumping. I did. uh, Yes, I mean you have to. Okay, I just wanted you to say it out loud. I fist bumped. Okay, look, I'm not above it. I'm not above it when I'm there in the moment. And I was, you know, 19 with a fake ID, and like I think I had glow sticks and doom, doom, doom. Do you think you're a? Would you say that you're a dollar store, Mike? The situation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll take that. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Um. But, <laughs> but what was I talking about? I, I don't know. Oh, my anecdote about the Seaside Heights. So that is actually the town that Jersey Shore is filmed in, is yes, Seaside Heights. It is. And I was playing summer ball, and I needed money because I was in college and broke and playing summer ball. So we went on Craigslist, and me and my two roommates at the time found a listing for like a boardwalk employee and like, all right, I pay like $20 an hour, which is great. turns out it did not pay $20 an hour. There's a lot of stipulations that went with it. We didn't get paid, but we go and it's one of those dart booths that you throw. You were a carny. I was a carny for, for three days. Didn't get paid. And you find out how it was rigged. Oh my God. It's the, that's what I was getting to. This is the saddest shit ever. So there was this kid, this sweet kid comes up and he's probably like six and all he wants is this Pikachu. Yeah. It's all he wants. It's this, Big, stupid, it probably cost 50 cents to make. Might cost $2 in a store. But he's just like, throwing down 20s. But when we were taught, like we get there like 7 a.m. This guy's like walking us through. He's And all the tags, all right, there's tags behind each balloon. Yeah. All the tags are facing the wall, okay? And there is S for small, M for medium, J for jumbo, whatever. This guy highlights, they can't see the tag. Excuse me. Come back. They can't see the tag. The more money I make, the more money you make. <laughs> so he wants us to scam children. Luckily for this poor kid, he's just hitting smalls. He's spent thirty bucks and he's hitting smalls. He starts crying. I get in trouble because he's like walking away crying, and I grab the Pikachu and I just tossed it to him. I was like, "Here you go, buddy." I was like, "Nice job." And he walks away. This dude, you would have thought that I robbed him. He comes over there. He's like, "What are you doing?" Because we don't give away the jumbo, <laughs> like loses his mind. Doesn't fire me then. But the worst part is I'm out. I have to lobby people to 
throw darts. So I'm like walking up to randos like, hey, man, free dart throw. Oh, God. I walked up to this one dude who's in pajama pants, which is my biggest pet peeve, pajama pants in public. Just Jersey Shore shorts. on the boardwalk, baby. Just put on shorts, yeah, dude. All right. I know. Act like you care a little bit. But this what about dude, pajama shorts? No, no, no okay. PJs in public. It's Cookie Monster a, on the shorts doesn't it. do it for you? Stop it. <laughs> this guy's walking by. He's got hair down to his waist. He's got a tank top, pajama bottoms, and like fucking dude shoes. And I'm like, hey, man, free dart. He's like, I'm a local. We don't play these fucking games. I'm like, all right, buddy, thanks. Just try to do my job. But what it taught me, it taught me a valuable lesson. Because now when I'm in the mall or on the boardwalk and people approach me like, hey, man, you want to try this? I'm like, no, thank you. Not today, but I appreciate it. And I'm very polite. And I, I swear to God, if you ever go out with me and see people approach me trying to sell me shit, I'm always nice because I know what it's like. That's so funny. Yeah, you're a perfume salesman in the, in the yeah, Camp Russian so Mall. I'm always polite to them because I know what it feels like to get yelled at by a local wearing pajama bottoms. But anyway, let's get into Jersey. The funny thing is you were lower on the scale than that local wearing that pajama bottoms. That moment I was. Yeah. I was. I was made to scheme little children out of money. Yes, you were. Horror. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That one kid did hit Smalls. Oh, he just sucked at the dart game, but he got the Pikachu anyway and almost got me fired, but whatever. <laughs> I quit three days later. Never got paid. Let's get into Jersey. We start out, and I got I to gotta highlight this too because we start out with Marge fat shaming Joe. I don't like I, I don't like I that like either, it. Yeah. I didn't like I like him a little chubby. Pats him on the stomach, and you can tell that he feels a certain way about it. He was it. like, That's that I'm gonna change that. He's like, I'm getting I'm getting What did skinnier. she say? Don't exaggerate. Yeah, he says I'm getting skinny. He says, Don't exaggerate. Let's not knock him. No. All right. He already has to feel kind of uncomfortable that we push these photo mm-hmm. shoots on him and he's kind of the butt of the joke. Like, yep. haha, let's get Joe Benino to take off his shit. Like he definitely doesn't love it. All right. No. So don't add on. Don't pile on. As no. a former fat guy, leave Joe alone. Yeah. Okay. But we move on to to Danielle and Fuda. And my stance on this changes as we go. Like okay. when, at the end of the episode, I had a very different stance. But initially I'm like, okay, cool. We got the two newbies. This is a new alliance. Danielle's already coming on strong. If yep. she can get a good partner in Fuda, kind of like a, a sidekick, like this could be a dynamic duo. I don't I don't want that. I didn't want that. And obviously, we're not going to get that. No, we're not. I, I view that as this is potentially, and Colleen actually made a really funny joke. I viewed it as like the future of the franchise. Like this is, these are younger housewives. They're both doing really well. And it's really fun. And like, we might look back on this and be like, this is really funny. Colleen goes, I can't wait to watch their relationship deteriorate over the next <laughs> couple of years. And I was like, that's so funny because that's what happens. Like, I know. There, I'm sure there are like, there's scenes with Marge and Teresa this early on. Marge and Teresa. And they're like friends and it's so much fun. And now they're like, they've gone through the enemy phase. And now they're kind of like doing battle with their minions from across the field. Yeah, they have. And it's they have so bonds. funny to watch the development happen. And you see Fuda and Danielle just sitting there like pretty much just trying to iron out what the hell is going on. Like it does really look like they were thrown into this and they have no idea how these women operate. No, like, I don't get it. I'm just trying to see what makes them tick. And they all have so many issues with each other. And they're very real about it. And I love it because they're walking around. Fuda makes fun of Danielle and goes, yeah, that's more your alley. And it's just like all the bedazzled shit. Yeah, I know. And Danielle's like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I want to wear. And I thought that it was nice to see this because we've seen and we get a little bit more of it later and it seems more genuine then. But we've seen them try to kind of split up. The newbies are all splitting up and kind of not forming alliances, but trying to figure out what everybody's well, up to. Fessler's got alliances. Fessler already she's, is friends yeah. with Marge and she's already looking out for her. And it's kind of annoying, but. I get it. I think Fessler's fine. 
these two are really just trying to figure out where everybody is and where everybody lies and what they think and kind of what they want. And you can see the recruiting going on. Kind of. Because we see in this scene, Danielle is not really coming at Marge. She's just kind of relaying information that she has heard about Marge, which, by the way, is 100% factual. She's not saying any lies. absolutely is true. Yeah. And And Fuda is sitting there like, what? Like kind of, you can see her kind of logging the info and not fully understanding and not fully being on Danielle's team here. She's right. like, hmm, you heard that about Marge? Like you can tell that she's taking stock. And I think that her alliances might already be drawn. I think she knows which way she's going. She's team Marge. I think the Fuda might be a little too gullible about this. And she's definitely team Marge. Yeah. And I do like that that happens. I do like that we have the two of them together. They both know that they're new. They both know that they are gaining information on it, each other and everybody else around them. And they're kind of pointing out like how weird it is. Like the jets and the sharks. Yeah, it, it really is. And and we get to see them kind of talk about this and like really like lay it out. And I think the Fuda is, she's a little gullible and she is going to be team Marge. And that's the type of person that usually gravitates towards Marge. Yeah. She will recruit you to her team. And look, do I think that you need to go to one team or another? No, probably not. Like Dolores is doing a great job of kind of towing the line and having her own interpersonal story. With Frank, with um, Paul, with Frank, with Polly, and also kind of mixing it up here and there. And she's not drawing the line in the sand being like, I'm on this team or I'm on this team. But it's going to end up like that. We're going to get the teams just clashing at some point later in the season. It's, it's and inevitable. It's, and it's fine. I'm okay as long as the teams are fair. As long Honestly. as the teams are fair, and I think that they're shaping up to be. I think yeah, we're on the have... competition committee. We want to make yeah, sure that we, we're <laughs> We make sure that everyone follows the rules. Yes. But I do think that we're going to see the teams take shape much more specifically. You're mm-hmm. definitely going to see like lines drawn in the sand. But it's funny because we hear Danielle talking about that with Fuda, right? Yes. And we immediately flash over to Tree and Jen Aiden are sitting there talking while they're, they're dressed or they're shopping for bridesmaids gifts. Yes. And Jen voices the same thing to Teresa. And obviously there's a different connotation here because they're just trying to find anything to throw at him because they hate Marge mm-hmm. but she's like yeah I think Marge has something on Joe and Melissa which just echoes exactly what Danielle just said the difference is Danielle wasn't coming from a place of malintent no. whereas Jen Aiden Jen is absolutely trying, is yeah and she's trying to put you know where Teresa and Marge actually lie is is a mystery right yes. that, that whole luncheon might have been a ruse on both sides let me smooth things over. They both think they're like getting one over on the other one because we see Marge actually talk shit behind Teresa's back. We see Teresa talk to her therapist. Talk to her th- I mean, she does throw some things out there that could be seen as yeah. like, she's definitely being shady, right? She's definitely being shady. Yep. So to hear, but just to hear Jen like echo that immediately after was, was interesting. And it's like, yeah, well, she's right. Like she's definitely right because that's what Marge does. She digs up shit. We all know it. She's done it forever. That's her MO. Mm -hmm. She doesn't ever have storylines. The only reason she's here is to start shit. And she does it very well. We've talked about it before. She's a nightmare sometimes. Like listening to her scream and yell is, is unbearable at times. However, she needs to be on this show. You can't have the show without her. She is the counterpoint to Teresa. Even if they're getting along, we need it. We get to um, Jen and Bill, which is getting sadder and sadder to me to watch. It, yeah, it is. I, I at least like that Bill spoke this kind time. Of, but he, he just he he steps say around. He says literally nothing. But I'm starting to like Jen and respect Jen a lot more while watching Bill talk because he just talks in circles. And she goes, I don't need the Confucius shit. 
I just want you to tell me that you support me. That's it. That's that's all I really want. That's it, Bill. And I get that, and I realize I'm like that's very real, Jen. And when she talks about like, yeah, my when my kids go to bed and I smoke pot at the end of the night, it doesn't make me a pothead. Like that's very real, Jen. I really appreciate that. That's yeah. good. And I thought that Jen specifically had a very good episode. Like she was she did. fun at the party. She was good in this situation, talking about like very real things with her marriage. She's good talking about how. Her daughter is traumatized because of what happened and the information that Marge spilled. Like, I'm actually, do I think that she goes about things the right way? Absolutely not. But I actually do feel for Jen and I'm actually rooting for Jen a little bit. I am too, simply because what we get. I'm surprised that you are. I know, but here's why. When you watch it all shake out, I cannot begin to imagine the level of stress and anxiety that is on that woman day to day. Yeah. You have an absent husband. This guy's not doing shit. He doesn't care to make it better. You're doing everything you can to, one, fix your marriage, two, take care of your five children of all ages, three, you're constantly at war with a whole group of women that want to tear you down. Like, of course she's erratic. Of course she can't, like, get a handle on things. Like, I can't begin to imagine trying to live this lifestyle whilst filming it. No. Like, that's why at times she makes no sense. How could you? I would be in. I would have lost my mind. I Jen and we've we've joked about it before. Like she seems like she's kind of going off the rails. Like respect to her for not actually being in a loony bin because of fucking Bill not doing shit and the perfect cherry on top. And we'll get there. We're not going to speed through this one. But did you see at the very end when they're on the the sprinter bus back to the? Oh, when he's passed the fuck out. out. Cold. <laughs> out cold. I it's thought that was so funny. Perfect image of Bill Aiden is him asleep in the back of the Sprinter van while everything else yep. is popping off. Yeah. No, that that is so funny. And the fact that they bought that house, and I think that's probably where we're going next, right? Yeah. Yep. The fact that they bought that house, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. They got a little shore house. They're close to Melissa, which is interesting because they have no relationship there. And I guess Fuda also lives in that area. Like, they're going to have – we're going to get a lot more Jersey Shore action, I think, over the next couple of seasons. I would love to stay there and We love while. that. Yeah. Their house is right on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Their house is right next to one of the bars. And immediately Bill points out, that's where all the fights go down. <laughs> like that's so that is so funny to me. But knowing the houses that are on boardwalks like that, it's gonna be unbearable. Oh my to god. Live there. Yeah, it's gonna it's be gonna nightmare. be so bad to live there and to have kids there. It's gonna be absolutely brutal to do that. But I thought that it was really funny that they just they were so excited to just have this shore house and make sure that it was part of this season, I think, that she just left all the furniture, not only all the furniture, all of the decor, the very like generic shore house decor everywhere. The the same goddamn table that is in every rented shore house. I shit you ever. not, dude. I saw it and I texted Dev. I was like, yo, this place is identical to the condo that your parents rent every year it in is. Wildwood. It's every, down to that table. All of them. Yeah. The table, the beds, the, the little the way, seagrass everywhere. You like, have the two twin beds kind of awkwardly facing like the same way. Like, you know, there's one adjacent to the other one in that teeny room. Like, that's where I sleep. Dev sleeps in one bed. probably a word for having it set up like that. Like, somebody masterfully put together this architecture. Yeah, it's the, it's the Jersey Shore design. The Jersey Shore design. Yeah. And somebody's making a lot of money off of that yeah. because they sold some really good how-to <laughs> tutorials on that one. But it's just so funny to me that she just left everything up. And I love the different groups that pop up. And I, I was surprised to see that Dolores was staying at Fuda's. I wasn't. That was, I figured Dolores would have stayed with 
Jen. Oh, oh, oh. But I guess in her, I always Frank. Yeah. I got it. Well, no, the Frank thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That I thought you meant you're surprised you stay with Frank. I was like, I'm oh, no, 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 not at all. But then I realized I completely forgot about the Jen Dolores thing. Like immediately after, and I really do think that Dolores is like, I can't stay with Frank. I've got to stay at this new person's house. Like that's got to be a little awkward. They, I would imagine they have a relationship prior to the show. I don't know if they do. No, no. I mean, like maybe it's just the, it's oh, Fuda might. Yeah, because. Frank trained Rachel, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he trained right, so Rachel. Yeah, so they, so they probably do know. Okay, so all right. it's a little more comfortable. Yeah, but, um, okay. Thanks for talking me through that. I, that's what I'm here for, buddy. But let's we get all the way through. Let's get to the Luau party. All right. And the drama leading up to it is Joe and Melissa are still throwing heat because Melissa's in law or Melissa's parents, sorry, Joe's in laws weren't invited to the wedding. Yeah. And that's kind of the preamble before we get there. But while we're at this luau party, a, a lot of shit goes down. Yeah. A lot happens. And I want to talk about one of the main points here because we already have people like reaching out about it. Louis. Okay. Louis had a tough episode. Louis took a step back for me. And I told you I would call it out when I see it. The whole interaction between him and Teresa regarding Melissa's mom. All right. And I talked to Dev about it too. I tried to see like all different angles of it. I tried to like mm-hmm. kind of dive through it. Like, okay, were they just super lit? And this was like, he was just kind of like saying shit or her stance. And I, I'm leaning towards this one. It's kind of manipulative in that moment to be like, you should invite, like, well, don't look at me in front of everybody else. Like yeah. you should be supporting your wife's decision in that moment. Even if you feel a certain way, like that's not the time or place. You can't sit there and say, well, I wanted to invite her, but like, and then point at your like, soon-to-be wife, and then she is now in the hot seat. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to invite her. And then you just bounce. Yeah. Like, that was a shitty moment, and that pushes me towards the people who are like, oh, see, he's a master manipulator, this and that. I don't think that – I'm still not going to say he's a master manipulator I don't because oh, I don't think I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I well, th- no, I just don't think he's that smart. Like, Oh, that's interesting. I, I <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really don't. I think that all he's doing is, yes, he is manipulating situations always to make sure that he's the good guy yes that's all i think he's doing i think that he always wants to be the good guy he always wants to repair relationships between other people and stuff his nose in business that doesn't really need to pertain to him to be stuffed at but the whole thing about melissa's mom Teresa goes in depth and we've known about this yeah yeah, we talked about it years and we've talked about it she goes into depth as to why she didn't invite them and like it's very true like she didn't do the whole uh, for March Senior, where she said, "Oh no, yeah, you, you can absolutely come." She had a reason why she didn't want to invite Melissa's parents, and that reason rings true, and it's fair. And I think she's well within her right to do that. And Joe and Melissa are completely ignoring all of that, of yeah. course, obviously. But Louis wants to be the good guy. He wants to be the savior. He wants everybody to love him. Mm-hmm. I think that's his problem. I think that he always, even when his wife is collateral damage, even when he's completely just going past everything that she's saying, making her look like the bad guy, he doesn't care about that. He only cares about his image. It's the Homelander. And I think that's Home, the problem. The Homelander. It is. It really is. Like I think that he just wants to be loved. And he'll do anything to make sure that every person, even the people that don't know him, Love him. Yeah, well, we're gonna call the it the ironic home. thing is people are watching this unfold and we do not love him. No, we don't. And I'm gonna I'm gonna coin that term, the homelander complex. If yeah. you watch the boys, you'll understand that. Yes. But here's my one counterpoint, and not that I agree with it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like you said, Teresa is well within her right in that scenario to be like, no, they're not coming to my wedding. They were assholes. 
My one counterpoint, and this goes back to what I've said multiple times about someone needing to swallow their pride. If this is, in fact, a competition, which you have alluded to many times, they are at war with one another. Somebody needs to win this game. You would get such a big leg up if you made no fuss about it mm-hmm. after this became an issue. And be like, oh, you know what? No problem. I'll invite them. Because that makes you look like you're over them talking shit. You're willing to bite the bullet. You're not inviting Joe and Melissa, but you're also not causing a scene with the other stuff. I don't think that it's necessary, and I think that you are justified in not inviting them. Mm-hmm. However, I think she could have really done herself a big service if she had just in, like just done it initially, because I think it would have looked really good for her and really bad for Joe and Melissa. Initially, I, I agree with you initially. If she had just done it and just invited and yes. let bygones be bygones, sure. But I don't think... I don't agree with that now. Now, no. So if now, she, no. If she buckled today at that party and said, you know what? It's not a big deal. Let your parents know. If they if they want to come, they can come. Yeah. No, because then that makes Joe and Melissa out to be the winner. Correct. Because we forced, we talked about this. We talked about this. And you know what? Honestly, Joe could spin that into being like, you know what? No, they don't want to come anymore because they feel like slighted because they weren't invited. That's in the exactly first place. what would have. That's happened. exactly what would have happened. So, and Teresa knows that. I think that looking at it now, like I actually I have respect for Teresa because she had reasons as to why she didn't invite them in the first place, mm-hmm. and she told other people who, by the way, I don't care for. And we're going to jump into this right now. I don't care for the way that these women just insert themselves into things that have absolutely nothing to do with them. I get the show aspect of it. But and Teresa knows how to handle herself. So she just says, no, absolutely not. This is why I'm not doing this. So just shut the fuck up, essentially. The Danielle thing. Oh my God. She she will now learn if you don't want your business out there about anything or don't you don't want people to question, it. just don't even bring it up. And I get it, like you're on a, a reality TV show. So you want to make yourself feel vulnerable. You want to relate to people. She wanted to relate to Melissa. Melissa turns around and tells fucking everybody of course she does and look danielle did tell a couple of different people she did talk about it at i think jen fessler's house out back but for them to be questioning what's going on and then being like there's gotta be more well not them let's let's highlight oh no the there's is. more i know but the the main instigator here is jackie it's jackie and marge like jack i understand marge the is marge also, thing. But, but i get it like if jackie said that but in any real group of people ever if one person says there's got to be more, I would imagine that 80% of the rest of the group would be like, it's none of your business. Shut the fuck up. Like, uh, that's what I would We do. know, and we're watching this. They probably know, and obviously it's probably hard when Jackie's a friend of, and obviously she's just trying to strike down the person. The most. That she's completely, doing nothing right. Yeah, and she's doing absolutely nothing right, and she replaced you. We get it. You feel scorned by this woman. She had nothing to do with your replacement. You stunk. Like, sucks. But you said you have to take a step back. You're not taking a step back. You were definitely demoted. But to just go after this woman and to go after her family like that, it's disgusting. And then you really do seem like Marge's true colors. Oh, yeah. And then she starts talking about like, yeah, there's definitely got to be more there. And then food is obviously on that team. And I don't think that she necessarily said anything, but she didn't say anything against it to be like, no, you know what? Just. Don't worry. Like, if we want to know more, we'll just ask Danielle. But Fuda's the one that then spilled the beans to Marge that mm-hmm. Danielle was saying shit about Marge, even yes. though Danielle wasn't really talking shit about Marge. And that's when the line's drawn with that one. You're like, okay, she's team here. I chalk that up to learning how to play the game, though. Maybe. And maybe yeah. she's, like, warming up to, like, her, you know, captain of the team, so I to think speak. So, yeah. But back to, like, I couldn't stand Jackie this whole episode. She mm-hmm. tried to start shit earlier before the party. She brings up 
her brother and the Instagram blocking and like there's got to be more there. And then you see her insert herself with Marge, says the same thing, trying to drum up some shit. The worst part, she's talking, she like slides in, like slithers in and is like, oh my God, have you seen Jen and Bill? They're so drunk. It's so embarrassing. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, stop it. Stop it. They're Jen not and Bill hurting are having anybody. Blast. And they're not hurting anybody. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. Bill's rolling around on the floor. Like, kind of embarrassing. It was poor Lou Algirls. Yeah, I know, right? And but Jen is just yeah, she's lit, but she's not making a mockery out of herself. No. She's drunk at a Luau party in which other people are like the dudes are in the corner ripping shots and whacking yeah, anybody's his chest. Yeah, that's it, the the fucking frat boy shit. I hate frats. I, I'm sorry we've if you are. We've talked about it before, but that is it's just bizarre to me. That is such a weird thing to do. And the guy, like, look, I get like John Fuda walking in with adult diapers, being like, "I thought it was nice to bring you guys some diapers." That's like, funny. that's pretty funny. This is weird. I this is like funny. the the waxing. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Oh. It reminded me of, like forty year old virgin when Steve Carell gets waxed. Yeah, but they don't do that as like a an initiation thing. They do that because they want Steve Carell to get laid. Yeah, I know. I understand the premise of the movie. <laughs> this is like, hey man, like we've got a huge party here. We're actually going to take you out back. We're going to get you really drunk, and then we're going to take your shirt off and wax you. A bunch of dudes are going to stand around in a circle, Look, man, and wax you in front of other people. They do this a lot. They do, it's, like, but it's they weird. Play with the dicks on the boat, like it's the dicks on the boat, is one thing. Like the constant ball jokes to Frank is weird. Joe putting Frank in his pants during the suit, like weird. But I do love that Jen was walking around, and when she went over to the cigar roller, she immediately starts smoking. She goes, I'm "Not going to lie, that stinks." It's really bad. <laughs> and then later we see her wandering around with like another drink dancing and she still has the cigar and she's been smoking it the whole time. I love that. I love that. I think Jen and Bill were look, Bill is Bill, whatever, but Jen has really been good this year. She's, she's been, good, been but here's my and I got sidetracked with the the waxing of the chest, but like here's my issue with with Jackie once again. She has already highlighted to a group of women that Jen and Bill are lit off their ass. Yes. Then she takes it upon herself after the fact, and you know it's later. This is not a production thing because originally it was lighter out, and when she goes and approaches Jen, it's dark. So, like, this is later in the night. After claiming that she is hammered, you take it upon yourself to go up to her in that moment, and you're going to ask her then about her shit with Marge? Yeah. That's so immature. It's gaslighting. You're trying to set her up for failure. And Jen actually had a – I was so nervous about her response. She had a good response. She's like, look. This was terrible. This like ruined a lot of things in my life. I have anxiety that my daughter is now affected by it. She wants to be a love therapist because she's traumatized from finding out about the affair. This was not the way it should have went down. Yeah. And Jackie's like, well, I can understand. It's like, you don't get to lay a sympathetic ear now because you were trying to drum up shit and now you feel bad. You don't get to now play the hero and the friend that's going to comfort her. Like I don't think that Jackie was trying to comfort her. I think that Jackie realized that it backfired. I think that she thought she was going to get a good off the cuff raw gen moment and Jackie was going to be there and Jackie was going to be the reason why that happened. Instead, Jen actually had a real response yeah. and it was pretty pointed and it was very heartfelt and it really made you feel bad. And Jackie's like, uh, uh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't, I, I don't know what's like, like, I don't think that she was a shoulder to cry on there. I don't think she was being a good friend. I think she was just trying to get a goddamn storyline because no, she, she stinks. Was. She was trying to know. She stinks. There's two things that I want to finish with. The first one being the issue that Marge seems to have with the enemy, like, don't get on her bad side. I still don't get it's it. Not, uh, her tagline. I'm a, I'm a great friend. I'm but a I'm, great friend, but I'm a lethal enemy. Yes. 
she's just saying your tagline to Pretty you. Much. So for you to take issue with that, you're just looking for reasons to get mad. But here's well, we... hold on. Oh, when do they do those taglines? I don't know. If it's preseason, then she shouldn't have any I issues. I think it's a few episodes in. So if she already knew that Teresa's been saying that, uh, she may have spun it for her own love? thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Maybe it could be. All right, that's kind of dumb, but it's dumb, if but it, it is. Could be. Either way, it's dumb. Yeah, but you might be onto something there. Yeah. But the last thing we need to talk about, because it was bizarre. And once again, Louis takes another step back. We don't have to dive too far in because we're going to talk about it next week more. This man wears his dead father-in-law's pajamas to make his stepdaughters, sorry, stepdaughters, feel more comfortable. That was, uh, it, it's. That's when I was like, okay. It's so uncomfortable. Like, oh it made me physically uncomfortable. I hate the scenes from next week when they make me feel uncomfortable because I know that I have to watch them again. Yeah, I know. we didn't even get to the bottom of that scene. I, I hope in that moment, I'm not a, like a big Joe You're fan, but I hope Joe's like, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing that? I that's would be weird. okay if Joe punched him in the face at that it's point. Just like, that is, we knew Louis was weird. But that's weird. But and that's like... If Teresa condones that behavior, creepy. that's even weirder. Like, hey... Just, just give me your dad's, give me your dad's PJs. I'm just, I'm just gonna throw them on. It's gonna be really comfortable be for really the girls. Sweet for the girls, like I'm gonna go walk around. And they're gonna have his scent. But that takes us to the question portion. So let's dive right in. From a little bit, Alexis ninety nine. At this point in the season of BPR, do you think the affair is going on? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think for sure. And there's a couple of telltale signs. Um, just finding out that Sandoval invited Raquel to the pool party, apparently by himself and seeing the way that they interact. And obviously we're, we know what happens. So we're looking for these things, but I would say probably. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you look at their body language and again, hindsight 2020, but knowing what we know, obviously we're all being extra sleuthy and detective. I, it would appear so. And I think that somebody said that the, the rumor is the initial interaction was the boys' night. Yeah. So that being said, everything's pointing to yes. From kind of wonderful Tina, do you think Raquel and Sandoval will be on the show next season? I think you have to, right? Yeah, definitely. I think I there's think no Lisa way. Lisa said that too. Yeah. It's like you have to have them on. Absolutely. I think that Bravo is probably chomping at the bit. They have so many ways it could go. You could have a redemption arc. You could have a villain arc. You could mm-hmm. have all these crazy things. You could watch the downfall of a bar. Schwartz <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's too much potential. Possibilities for are endless. You know what I mean? And that it's unfortunately all at people's expense. Yeah, they would. But Bravo that's would absolutely. Why we watch it. Bravo would absolutely drop the ball if they did not resign them. Yeah, they're definitely coming back. From Silly Melly, do you think the OGs are intimidated by Dr. Nicole on Miami? I think so. I yeah. absolutely think so. Absolutely. I think we that's don't even the have to... all of it. Yeah. Oh, we got a Boink Mary Kill. It's been a while. Ah. Uh, we are gentlemen, so it's not F Mary Kill. It's the only time I won't say the F word. Yeah, I think Kate Casey said Boink the other day. I was like, yeah, nice, she said Boink. Boink. Yeah. Yeah. Again, go listen to Kate Casey interview. The link is in our bio. But Boink Mary Kill from David Coleman. Raquel, Rinna, Brandy Glanville. Solid. Well done, David. Oh, my God. I just yawned in the middle of that one. Um, ah, damn. That's a thinker. Boink. Ah, this is weird. 
Boink, Brandy, kill Raquel, marry Rinna. Harry Hamlin seems happy. He does. Harry I mean, Hamlin have seems a happy. Garden of your own. Yeah, he takes walks after dinner. Again, I still want to be an after dinner walk guy, but I hate walks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I I'm. I just don't want to do like the star projector with Raquel. I think the thing is, um, given the current climate of Bravo, if you don't say kill Raquel, then everyone's going to like yeah. come after us. So I think I'm, I'm going to boink. I'm doing the same as you. I just can't imagine being married to Brandy. No, that's no. that's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. You know what? Maybe I'll marry Brandy. I'm like, no, absolutely yeah. not. I couldn't. I think do it's it. the only answer. Yeah, it's the only. Nope. That's the only correct answer at the moment. Had you asked us a year <laughs> ago, it would have been different. I'll go two more. Holy shit! Did we get a video question from Los? Oh no! Oh my god! God damn it, Los! Oh, no, it's just a picture message of Loesch. Loesch. Yeah, I'm going to call you Loesch from now on, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) This is why it's confusing. The dynamic to me with Loesch is confusing because he's coming at you. Yeah, that's fine. How excited are the bros for March 23rd and the premiere of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip 3? I'm thrilled. I can't wait. I'm not going to watch it. That's my point, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. I don't understand this. I'm going to sit here with my arms crossed and just chime in and act like I didn't watch it, but know everything that happened. I, I uh, the, the rivalry continues. Yep. I'll never get away from this guy. <laughs> and we'll finish it up with SoCal Megan 5. One, because it's an easy name to read. And two, because I like this statement. Not a question, but who cares? No question. Just think y'all are awesome. The rants are my favorites. Keep them up. We will keep them up because they are completely off the cuff. We can't control ourselves. We get yeah. mad and we rant. We do this in public too. Yeah. Not this loud. I usually sit outside of a convenience store and just start ranting. Yeah. We, we just pace back and forth. In the front people of that live there don't like it. Yeah. No. No. We've gotten, we've gotten told to leave multiple times. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that does it. Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. That was a good what one. What well, what a nice app. long one. Um, but remember, we are. Oh, I'm gonna plug that in the beginning. The live show. Oh yeah. Um, but remember to get tickets to our live show, April 27th, City Winery, in Philly. Come hang out with the bros. It's a night out, no filter night out with Zach Peter featuring us. We got a lot of special guests coming. We're gonna spill lots of tea. I think there's a ton of behind the scenes people that can weigh in on the Scandaval issue. So there'll be some interesting stuff done there. Come hang out with us. It's a cool venue. You can have dinner, drinks, all that. You sit at a table. It's buy tickets. They are actually selling pretty fast. We have like, I think, three or four VIPs left out of like oh, yeah. five or something. So you get to watch us rant up close. Up and close personal. and personal. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at Brav underscore bros. TikTok at Brav bros. YouTube at Brav bros podcast. That's how you plug. There you go. Be on the lookout next Monday. Our Carl interviews dropping after Summer House. Yes. Other than that, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Yeah, me neither. Brav Bros are out of here. Later. Bye.